You are now listening to LFL Talk with Adri and Marcus. Hello and welcome to episode three of LFL Talk. I'm your host, Adri Mallows, and joining me this week is my favourite co-host, Marcus Henson. How are you, buddy? <laughs> I'm good, thank you. So great to have you on the line again. How have you been, fella? Not bad, not bad. Keeping myself busy. Keeping yourself busy with the LFL, I hope. Oh, yeah. Excellente. So, here is the news. Before we plod on to our games, I do have some some news from from around the globe in in LFL world. Tell First me, tell one, me, tell me, tell you, tell you, tell you, yeah, fill you in and all that good stuff. So, unfortunately, it looks like my favourite player, Liz Gorman, isn't going to be playing in the 2014 season. Um, she's going through quite a bit in her personal life at the moment. So, if anyone wants to keep up to date with her and, and wish her well, uh, go to www.facebook.com forward slash Elizabeth Gorman training. Keep up to date with all the latest Liz Gorman news because unfortunately it looks like, as I say, she's not going to be playing in the 2014 season. Hashtag gutted. I think she had a lot to, lot to offer there. Oh, absolutely. And I was saying before the season, wasn't I, how I was really looking forward to the safety combo of Gorman and Solana and I thought what a great combination that would have been. But um, alas, that's that's not to be this year, unfortunately. But we do wish her well in everything she's dealing with at the moment and uh, and Godspeed, as they say. Next, we move on to Atlanta Steam. And on Sunday, the 5th of May, the Atlanta Steam players actually attended the No Place for Hate Awards at the Kennesaw State University. Now, I'm not sure, Marcus, if you're aware of the No Place for Hate campaign, but it is an American anti-bullying campaign, which is also supported by the WWE. They had their awards on Sunday, as I say, at the university. Um, all of the Steam players were there and... It also helps, I'm sure, that Dakota Hughes and Hollyoaks also attend the same university. Uh, fair play sounds like a great cause. Absolutely. And for me personally, I think it's great to see the LFL getting involved in the community in that sort of way and really kind of reaching out to everyone. For all sports, really, they have to they have to find a bridge into the community because sports are such a big part of the community. Just looking at, at the bigger picture, LFL has got to bring that like way NFL or NBA they bring into the community LFL should start getting on that absolutely brilliant and I think they do because I think you'll fight the Mitchell Mortaza award every year I think it takes into account everything that players do in the community as well as everything they've done on the field and everything they do for their team so it is a, a sign that they move in the right direction I think they've had that award for uh, quite a few years now and and great to see as we say players out in the community like that these ladies they're an inspiration on the field and they're an inspiration off the field 100% and when you think that it's still an, an amateur sport at the moment and hopefully it will soon be professional but when you think that it's amateur and the time and dedication the players give it's just phenomenal absolutely next up in America these last few weeks we've had Jane Caldwell and Ty Emery from my Queensland Brigade they've been uh, going around various different LFL US teams with their most recently attending the Las Vegas Sin practice so definitely picking up a lot of tips and showing that they're willing to do everything they can to make their game better in Australia I think that's sharing is going to be important to go forward. And absolutely. And I think if I was to tell you, there was actually one LFL Australia player that I'm aware of, certainly, that actually went to the US last year and actually trained with Chicago Bliss. You'd be no surprise to know that that was Jacinda Barclay. She went training with yeah, the Bliss. that definitely came out in the Australia campaign. And that's where you're going to get the great, the, the mould, I think, as well. If, if we ever want to develop it over here in Europe, I think we've got to go out there and take a step from the Americans and the Americans come back over here and, 
and we get some kind of vibe going on between us. Absolutely. And just quickly, while we were mentioning Las Vegas there, I do have a correction to make because in the previous show, I'd said that it was Coach Bizzub who was going to be the Las Vegas Sin head coach. Unfortunately, I did get that wrong. It is going to be Tai Suanoa, who was also linked with the LA Temptation during their championship runs. But a correction there, obviously, as I, as I got that slightly wrong. We were also talking a bit about Australia and how it's great that some of their players are going to America, going to the American teams and, and trying to learn their trade, as it were. You'll also be pleased to know that my Facebook timeline has been absolutely cluttered with everything that the Victoria Maidens are doing at the moment, from their combine days to all of their workouts and everything they're doing. They've had two combine days, to my knowledge now, and it really looks like they're trying to make sure they're going to be the team to beat next year. Ah, they've been busy little bees, but you know, you check out what the surgeon, they're keeping the pace. I mean, these these two really good teams are, are fighting um, sort of toe-to-toe, punch-to-punch, making sure neither one of them allows the other to come dominant. It's brilliant. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And you've you got to think that the Maidens really want to do the double over the surge next year, don't they? Because they, they came close in that second game, only losing by two touchdowns, but they got shut out. So it's a case of uh, there's definitely going to be some scores to settle come the end of the year when that kicks off again. I think with the... The introduction of, of the other team, I think there's, there's still the idea that they want to be champions. I mean, everyone wants to be the champion and who better to knock off than the reigning champions? It's like, pow, pow, there you go. It's great to see the Maidens doing such a, a great job in their off-season training. It's also very hard to look past the surge with, with the talent they have, but I really do hope that it is uh, really competitive this year and that the Maidens managed to finish up better than that. I think they were... One and three, if memory serves, last year. So uh, we hope that they have a better record than that this year. The standards raising so much each year. We're just getting better LFL just across the board. It's brilliant. Excellent. And that finishes up our LFL news. Hi, this is Tony from Delicious in Hemel. If you like a bit of banter with your sandwiches, then come on down to us. We do baguettes, ciabattas, paninis. We can even discuss the LFL with you. So why don't you come and give us a try? And if you want some more details of our menu, see the links on the Legends Lounge page. Now we're moving on to the moment that Marcus has been eager to get to, and that is our game recap of all four games that we've had so far since our last podcast. No better place to start, of course, then game one, Jacksonville Breeze versus Baltimore Charm. Marcus, take it away. Oh, man, it's brilliant to see Jacksonville back to their their, their glory, man. This was, I mean, I, I managed to get some highlights of this and the, the pace they have managed to accumulate both offensively and defensively is so impressive. Yeah, you, on offense, you can't look past Sage Steinmetz. What a running back. We said it pre-season, we were saying she is an absolute powerhouse. We give her the ball. She gets ridiculous amounts of yards. And in this game, 143 yards and three touchdowns on only 13 carries as well, by the way. Just, just FYI. Not only that, I mean, you saw some of her individual efforts on defensive. I mean, that solo sack was just incredible. Yeah, I think I know exactly the one you mean as well, actually. The, the sack on Morgan the, the Spence. The spin yeah. down. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Massive spin down. It was just, you're not going anywhere. Pow, down you go. Absolutely. And I have to say as well, not just Steinmetz on, on defense, but... We have to mention one of both of our favourite players again from last year, Lauren Ziegler. What a game she had in that opening game. For me, really, the defence just 
shone out. I mean, with the way that they put together that, they knew that Morgan Spencer, well, you know, is really going to be a sort of baptism of fire, and they made sure that she didn't get comfortable once in that game. Completely broke that that format of uh, that past game, gone. Oh, yeah, she she really struggled in that game, didn't they? And even when they tried to rely on Mester, even Mester wasn't getting as many yards, should we say, as Steinmetz per carry. She was getting a few, but Steinmetz was getting like six, seven, eight yards a carry. It was just obscene. This is what happens. This is, it's a reaction you're trying to cause. And the defense's speed was so fast into the middle of the field that that's why all you saw, especially I'm thinking fourth quarter, the reverses. I mean, they were getting silly at one point. I think I thought I... I think I saw a fourth reverse. Was it? Um, oh yeah, they did try yeah. like a triple reverse. It was triple it was crazy. It's like what are you really? I mean, I think it did go for about sort of seven eight yards. But the fact that you the defense is having to push them, so therefore they're having to do this crazy stuff. You, that's where you know you've got them on the ropes. Then they're having to pull these weird tricks out the the hat. Absolutely, and I have to. There's there's one player that we we haven't mentioned so much when we talk about Jacksonville. We talk about Pinnells, we talk about Ziegler, Steinmetz, but how about Dina Wojowski in the middle of that defense? She is a hell of a tough cookie and makes all of the tackles. She really seems to be flying around that ball all the time. There's a few times I can remember. I'm pretty sure I remember seeing one of the charm drives very close to the goal, and I don't even think she let the snap even like occur. It was like no, she, she got that, it absolutely perfectly on, didn't she? The second that ball was, was snapped, so good. And it was the fact that she ploughed through the centre and all went straight through into Morgan Spencer. I mean, she took both of them out in a single lunge. It was crazy. I know, and I just think for us as well, it's not a player that we've tended to mention because of the other superstars they do have on that defense. But I think between us, it's definitely someone we need to keep keep an eye out on this season because if that first game's anything to go by, man, did we miss a trick not mentioning her as much last year? I think she's a, a real nice integral cog of that defense, and I think uh, if she keeps ticking as well as she did, yeah, that's a pretty tidy defense you got there, and a steady game as well. Just to finish off on on this game, of course, boy, before we move on to the next. But KK Matheny, four out of six passes, looked reasonably steady in that opening game against the Charm, do we think? Absolutely. I mean, I know I kind of got on um, on her case a little bit. And you know what, KK, if you heard it and you upped your game, girl, you looked great. I think the control of the, the offense was what they were after. They understood the game plan. When they called for her to pass, she looked calm and collected. And then, you know, just control the game, give it to Steinmetz. That's all she had to do. I think kudos, really good game. Absolutely. And for those who haven't seen it yet, the final score in that game was 27-12 to the Jacksonville Breeze, making them 1-0 after game one. We move on to game two and Jacksonville played again. So with this time, we had Jacksonville Breeze versus Omaha Heart in a rematch from that 8-0 game last year. One, I think we were both looking forward to, and I'm sure Jacksonville actually did their homework this year. Oh, I, I loved the the kind of media spin on it as well. I mean, this was brilliant. Um, pre-game, Breeze players all wearing the fever vendetta masks. <laughs> it's just, I loved it. I loved the whole the vibe they came in with here. They clearly knew where they were going for it. Really, really close game. So close. I mean, 
you could see the defense is really sort of tearing at each other blow for blow and it was that box in the ring punching sort of like uh, right hook left hook right hook left hook they're just both, both letting each other have it yeah and once again it was the number five of the Omaha Heart defense that was playing out of a skin but this time it wasn't Kelsey Lane no 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 it was Teresa Petrozello who had an absolutely blinding game from defensive end and especially oh, that first what? half I mean for it to be nil nil at half time that tells you a lot about the Omaha defense. How great an acquisition has she been already? One game in. Oh yeah, I mean, I mean, we said this before, didn't we? Because she is a tackling machine, and she would be a credit to any defense in the league. When people see the score, the end score, I, I, I don't think that actually does the heart performance justice. I think, I think once that first score went in for the breeze, they kind of got a little panicked, a little bit. I don't know. They just kind of started to lose track of their game, and then a lot of, especially in the in, in the fourth quarter when they're trying to chase the game. I think they were it's either twelve or thirteen nil down by this time, and uh, it was the quick four and out just really started to hurt them. Yeah, and and on some of those four and outs as well, they didn't try a single pass, and I found that really really bizarre. And if you're going to name Ashley Lambrecht the starting quarterback over Lindsay Noble, is it because either A, Lindsay Noble is now having a change of position so because of everything that happened with her injury last year? If not, and she's still able to play quarterback, after that first game, do we say, right, OK, Lambrecht, I'm afraid we, we tried you, but we're going to go back to what we know. We're going to put Lindsay back in. She can run this offense. We know how good she is passing the ball. Do you, do you make that kind of a change or is it maybe down to their offensive scheme and the play calling, do we think? It goes back to, remember, we, we saw the charm last year and they had some really ridiculous play calls in some of their games, which we thought they could win. Hart had 28 offensive plays for 18 yards. That's one eight yards. That's less than half a yard of play, right? That's, that's crazy. Um, it's just, I did 28 plays for 18 yards. Let's take a say that one more time, very, very slowly. 28 offensive plays for 18 yards. That That is obscene. That that really is obscene. You would expect to get 18 yards on on one drive. That's just... Uh, for me, I watched it at the end of the game and I just, I just, I was just on the de- de- defense. Like you said, nil nil at half time. You knew it was going to be a defensive slog out. I was expecting another eight nil. I, I must admit, I was expecting another eight nil score. And I just, I looked it at by the end of the game. KK got her her thing on. She she got Steinmetz rolling as well. They kind of found they found the creases and they just like burst them open. And then before you knew it, you know, they were just like the small blood flow just then started the hemorrhage. And on that performance, I think. It's going to be hard-pressed to stop Jacksonville pretty much taking the East, really. Yeah, of course. Well, that, that game, they won in the end 25-0, put them at, put some 2-0 and on the season, obviously with, with two games left to go. And I think um, their games are coming up reasonably soon. Actually, certainly their third game, I think, is coming up in, in what I would class as our next group of games, because obviously we do, we do our podcast once a month. So I believe in our next group of four games, they're coming up in that as well. So they have played three games within the first sort of seven, eight weeks of the season. Yeah, they've got the crush up next, and then I believe they've got a big gap until they play the Steam on August the 16th. And potentially the Steam, depending on, on how well they do this year under their new rookie quarterback, that could be a playoff match. Oh, that could be a big match. It could be, couldn't it? So we'll leave game two there for now. So Omaha Heart, with one last thought actually from you, Marcus, where did Omaha Heart go from here? It wasn't a bad game. Forget the score, okay? It was 
panicked last quarter, you pick yourself up, dust off the dirt, and just get back onto the training field, get ready for the next one. Fair play. Well, we always like to see all the teams do well, so let's hope they do indeed pick themselves up ready for the next match. Now we move on to Game 3, featuring my favourites, the LA Temptation. My pre-season favourites, and also my favourite team. Um, as I say, no no Liz Gorman this year, so I have to settle for watching the likes of Ashley Solano and Monique Gaxiola and uh, Kelly Schroeder. Oh, poor me, eh, with all that talent on the field to watch. That's just <laughs> <laughs> Solano being a great quarterback, Schroeder at receiver, just unbelievable. So we have game three now, Los Angeles versus Las Vegas. What did you make of this one, dude? I mean, this really did look to see how the West was going to go about. I mean, we know that it's it's pretty much, it was going to be the stronger of the conferences and temptation, paying for blood after, you know, not getting there last year, you know. Sin, they were saying that they were going through major reworks and we wanted to see how they came about. And I could see positives in both sides, but overwhelmingly the temptation really, this, this, this became quite easy as the game went on. The level they were at, just sort of eventually shone through. So if you've got like um, the West, you've got the West A, that sort of upper cup of teams, and you've got the West B, and I just think it showed. Ah, uh, yeah, but the LA Temptation rushing game as well pulled through in this one, didn't it? They had at least three rushing touchdowns. Had Carmen Borso got one, Patterson got one, even uh, Ogum Chichindu got one as well, and Solano only had 77 yards passing, so it just showed that they were relying heavily on a big run game and a tight defence, but... As tight as that defence was, the young rookie quarterback for Las Vegas Sin, Cindy Cummings, had a great game, I thought. Yeah, actually, to be fair, I think on the offensive side, what was really positive was was the pass game. I think the run game suffered, but I'm not overly sure whether that was the running back's fault. There seemed to be a little bit lack in the blocking ability of the upfield players on the Sin side. And also, they've obviously lost Carmen Borso to... LA Temptation, so that that wouldn't help either. I believe they had a rookie running back as well. Is it Mackie Henderson, something like that? And there's there's a brilliant thing where actually she she shows her real heart as well in that game at halftime. She she just puts it on the line. She says, "Look, my job is to run. I'm going to run. Your job is to block for me." block for me and I'm going to run and I really think it did show I definitely suggest everyone to go and actually have a look at that because it's there's so much emotion behind that go and have a look at that well clip guys so we'll reference it in the show notes put a link to that as well obviously that's on the LFL YouTube channel which is www.youtube.com forward slash my LFL so more on that game as we're talking about LA Temptation dominating they did score six touchdowns the mould around that defence has been put around brace really and I don't think there's enough strong characters like supporting cast. Yeah, does that make sense? It does because she is definitely someone you would want to build a defense around because she is one of the best linebackers in the league without a shadow of a doubt. Yeah, but I found that with Brace, she's great at stopping the inside pressure and she can cover the field sort of east and west. However, I feel that once, especially some of those those sweeps using the the outside running game, I just I just feel that. There is a great big gash in the sort of weakness of that defense where it's if you push enough blockers in front and you take Brace out of it, if you can get someone on on Brace, a good block, then there's no one there behind that, the secondary, to really bolster that defense. 
Yeah, no, I, I agree with you there. And one last note on this game, just coming back to Cindy Cummings, she had 9 out of 15 passes for 104 yards and both touchdowns that Las Vegas had scored. So a reasonable outing for, for one so young. And obviously we look forward to everything she's going to bring to the league moving forward. Thinking of moving forward... Game four time, big man. The most recent out we've had. And, oh, my word, one of the most exciting as well. Yeah, absolutely. And and Seattle obviously were at home for this one, I believe. Yes, I do believe it was in Miss Town. Yeah, good old Seattle. In fact, it was because I believe some of the Hawks players went down to watch it as well. Oh, that would be brilliant if they did because, you know, there really needs to be that union between the two leagues. But... I mean, it was always going to be the talking point, wasn't it? Because we expected, I think, off the bat, this. you look at this and we expected a sort of 50-plus point a game instantly. We did, but that's because last year they had Laurel Creel at quarterback and that offense, despite the few moments of indecisiveness that Creel may have had, she led the team to 4-0 and and she was one of the top passers in the league. But they went and replaced her with... Angela Rippon so I don't know I yeah. mean was that a, a good decision was that a bad decision how do we think she played see I, I don't think she did too badly to be fair I think there's there was a lot saying I think unfortunately the media hype the media train that sort of had us surrounded in Baltimore was kind of called over to the mist and we know the mist have got a great offense but we also know the chill had had the great offense and what we were saying was the chill lacked is a defense and the fact that you could put points on them yeah agreed so if there was to be a time when you can actually, against a team of calibre, but a, a team of calibre and sort of worth beating that you know has a massive chink in their armour that you can exploit. Yeah, yeah, agreed. And obviously not just them having a defence that they need to, to build on and work on, but the lack of Annie Erler at quarterback is a big loss for them, even though Jessica Payton did step in and do a, a very good job, all things considered, and obviously led them on that late charge that just wasn't quite enough oh that's what I, I love it when it gets tense in the fourth quarter it gets close you get the goosebumps and i think this this kept you in this way i mean there was times when you sat there like you said i think chill to be fair with the explosion of offense that they had uh, last year i don't think this year's they can't let teams get so far ahead of them there's not the catch-up ability there now if, if you know, the catch-up ability is that a new word catch, you're making up that i am making up put this in the oxford english dictionary catch up ability it's there let's use it let's get it used yeah hashtag catch up ability um that's not there for the chill anymore they can't think that they can have the shooting match where you're gonna score 38 that's fine i'm gonna score 42 on you you can't do that anymore and really that sort of that played itself out against the mist if we can just digress sports for a moment if you want to talk about catch-up ability how about crystal palace last night against liverpool (laughs) (laughs) now that to me was true catch-up ability (laughs) just want to throw that in there my mighty eagles there coming back from 3-0 down with 12 minutes to go for any uh, americans uh listening we do apologize adri crystal palace fan mallows uh watching uh uh, soccer last night but back to football okay let's get back to some football just quickly want to just quickly want to go back to the score from the la temptation <laughs> and vegas game just because we didn't give that out um as we have done with the others it oh, was yes, 42 14 to the la temptation so while we're on that subject the final score in seattle was 38 24 to the mist and before we finish off with our game roundup just want to say 
Anna Heisman doing what she does best again, catching the touchdowns, still delivering despite uh, a lack of Green Bay offense to, until the end of the game. How does an athlete reach the pinnacle of the LFL? Performance training. Focus. Yet ever active. In their community. Film study. Practice. In superb condition. Leading a healthy lifestyle. I'm an LFL athlete. Are you... Before we move on to the games that we're looking forward to over the next few weeks, just wanted to firstly just to take a moment to say if you want to see how all of the teams stand at the moment, the teams that have played that is, then go over to www.lflus.com forward slash standings and you'll be able to see how all of the teams stand at the moment. One last thing as well before we move on to all of the games we're looking forward to, just purely because... Hot off the press, as it were, while I was doing my show notes for this evening, I happened to notice that the LFL posted their power rankings, their most up-to-date power rankings after this first set of four games. Marcus, have you seen these yet? I have seen the um, the link. I didn't get time to look at the link, so... Let's so we can discuss the link because I'm ultimately going to go on the link. Indeed, and as well you should. And we will. <laughs> we will. I don't know why I said link like that all the time. I don't know either. Maybe you're a crazy guy with this crazy accent. So we get back to normal now. Yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so back. <laughs> back to the <laughs> crazy fool. Back to the power rankings in a proper English accent, if you please, just like the Queen. Uh, the power rankings, so number one, without having played a game yet, Chicago maintain their number one spot. I think that's pretty understandable, bearing in mind everything they've got going into this season with their offense just unbelievable, with the addition of Shari Onley as a tight end as well. Uh, we mentioned it again in our preview show how much we think. And I'm not sure if you caught this, but I actually upgraded my Chicago Bliss ranking on the basis of Shari Onley to an A plus as well. So LA and Chicago for me were both A pluses heading into this season. So they maintain their number one ranking. Number two, no surprises, Jacksonville, as they are two and zero now. Yeah. LA are third, one and zero again. I don't really think there's any real surprises in in those three there. Number four, Seattle, one and zero again. Excuse me, outside of the top three, Seattle the only other team to win. So makes sense that with They're everything they've got on the offense, that they would be number four. So we now move into the rest. Las Vegas are number five. Baltimore Charm, number six. Uh, both of those on 0-1 records, of course. And even though they're on 0-1 records, they are still ranked above Atlanta Steam, who come in at number seven, having not played a game yet. What do you think about that? From there, they were seven before. They've stayed at seven. Let's see how they do. No worries. Then finishing off then, we have Green Bay at 8 uh, at 0-1, Omaha at 9 at 0-1. And again, despite other teams with 0-1 records, Toledo Crush right down there propping everyone else up. So some might say they're the strongest team in the league because they're propping everyone else up. And we have the Toledo Crush. See, for me, the big thing there is the fact that 
with the presence of we saw Cindy Cummings, it wasn't the greatest performance against um, Temptation, but really delivering on on what she she needed to do, and the fact that the sin have gone from preseason ranking nine all the way up to number five. Yeah, well, that, and that's just based on the the one game that they've played. And like we say, yeah, their rookie quarterback. I think before the season started, I think we both thought it was was going to be Nicky Johnson, but obviously now they've got the new rookie in in Cindy Cummings and. Um, well, they look promising. I think they've also got, if memory serves, they've got the addition of uh, Kelly Campbell, who's come back into the league, having moved from Baltimore. She was obviously working for head office, and I'm sure probably still continues to do her role at head office, and hence why now she's playing for Las Vegas Sin as well. So a good addition for them at cornerback to maybe help Danica Brace out. So now, of course, we move on to the main part of this segment, and that is the games we're looking forward to, and how can we look any further than this Friday, the showdown of showdowns, the, for me, the playoff deciding match. I'm going to say it this early. Whoever wins out of these two teams is going to win the Western Conference. I'm going to say it. We're all thinking it, so I'm going to say it. Chicago Bliss, Los Angeles Temptation. What's going to happen, Marcus? Uh, To be fair, this this is such an anticipation for me. We were going to see... Bliss in the uh, season opener that got changed. So now, how about this for the first Bliss game? Oh, it's just like written in the stars or something. I don't know. Absolutely, and it's in Chicago as well at the Sears Center. Obviously, the first game of the season against LA Temptation, who have played obviously week before last, so they're still going to be pretty fresh. Chicago's first game of the season, but with all the talent that Chicago have got and in Coach Hack as well, you know they're going to be very, very well prepared. That place should be packed out. It's going to be buzzing, I think. I think just looking at, at where they are at the moment, I think Bliss, they're going to be coming into this fresh temptation. You know, they might have picked up a couple of bruises uh, against the Sin. However, they've taken on the Sin and they've come through a bit and they're going to have that real boost going in, knowing you know, they've got the winning buzz. They've got, a, they've got that first win behind them. So I think it's going to be a clash of going back to the boxing analogies here. I'm going to say two heavyweights. And this this is going to go through all the rounds here. Do we reckon it's going to be a Lennox Lewis versus Evander Hullifield? It's going to go the distance and be decided on a controversial points decision. <laughs> yeah, yeah this is, it's going to be a down to the wire job. It's going to be who wants it more. It's going to be blood, sweat and tears. It's going to be the whole nine yards. And I think really it's going to possibly come down to just who's going to want it more. Who's going to, who's going to fight for that extra, that extra inch, that extra yard. Oh, now would be a, a great time to play in that Al Pacino speech, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> on this tie, on this team, we fight for that inch. <laughs> going to put that link again in the show notes just because it is one in. of the most in. inspirational quotes. If you're a football player, I'm sure you'll agree. This quote, the, the, the what was the, uh, I think it was the, I think it was the halftime speech, wasn't it? Rather than the, the pregame half-time speech, speech. It was the halftime speech. Half-time speech. Just unbelievable from any given Sunday. One of our favourite football films uh, did come up in our top 10, I do believe. <laughs> just you know referring back to our other podcast here briefly just briefly if you haven't heard we do an nfl pod yeah we do an nfl podcast called spitball it's also available on the website www.ballhawksnest.com 
But, you know, if you get a chance, check out our top 10 football film show as well. It was our Christmas special. Plug, plug. Should I stop? Plug, plug. Next game. (laughs) Next game. Okay. Well, before we move on from next game, though, I always like to throw something different at you, but I want to get a prediction from you for the Los Angeles Temptation Chicago Bliss game this Friday, May the 9th. That's a good one. I'm going to say 28-27, and it's going to be an extra point missed to decide the game. Excellent, but who's got 28 and who's got 27? Ah, <laughs> uh, see? <laughs> you tried so You tried to get out of that one. You tried to get out of that one with just a score, but no, 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 no. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, I don't see what I think. Bliss are pretty much going to go and do a repeat this year of the title, so therefore they've got to win these close games, and so it's going to got to go. Temptation 27, Bliss 28. Nice work. Fair play to you, buddy. That's a that's a very bold prediction. And my prediction for the game? <laughs> Don't be silly. I'm not stupid to give a prediction. Um... <laughs> 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 you like that one, buddy? So, oh, moving okay. swiftly on after Marcus's great prediction, if it comes true, mate, fair play, point on me. Absolutely. Get down to Vegas, put it on the money line. Exactly, that's it. You're the man with the odds. Next up, we have Atlanta Steam versus Toledo Crush. It's still the week five game, technically, because this one's on the Saturday after the game this Friday. So, um, if, you don't have, if, if you're still alive from the pure excitement of Temptation Bliss, then there is Steam Crush on Saturday night. And just confirm, that is right, isn't it? That is this Saturday night. Yeah, you've got Friday the 9th, Saturday the 10th. I have to say, I'm actually quite looking forward to this because I want to see Dakota Hughes and I want to see how well she does with the Steam. And I just want to see what the Crush have to offer this year. I mean, obviously, they've a big move for the moving cities, losing a key player. Are they just going to flop and go sort of 0-4? Or are they going to show a bit of fight like last year and, and we'll actually have a really good game on Saturday as well? Yeah, I'd like to see there's still some fight left in them. I don't want them to just be a, a, a Valkyrie and then sort of give a half-hearted year and then disappear. Must admit, I am really, really psyched about seeing how Dakota Hughes does. Um, we've already seen how uh, Cummings has done as the other rookie sort of real rookie prospect QB and stuff. Was that rookie or wookie? <laughs> See, if I'm calling Silly Cummins a wookie, I'm pretty sure she ain't going to like me. No, I'm, I'm pretty sure she she won't. That's why I just want to clarify. You said rookie rather than wookie. I, I said rookie. Cindy Cummings, you are not a wookie. Good, good. <laughs> I'm sure she knows this. <laughs> <laughs> just in case you didn't know, you are not a wookie. I know we've just had Star rookie. Wars Day and everything. We've made the fourth be with you and everything, but we shouldn't start going <laughs> calling people wookies on this show. Uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. So, next, of course, after after all that excitement, uh, we have the. Ooh, it's getting cold in here. Green Bay Chill versus Las Vegas Sin. Yeah, for me, this could be the who's going to have the West Wooden Spoon. <laughs> the West Wooden Spoon. I mean it. I mean, it sounds bad, but the way I've seen it this year, I said there's a Western A and there's a Western B. Western A is Temptation, Bliss, and Mist. Western B is Chill and Sin. So therefore, who's gonna who's gonna be the best of the rest? Okay, and and uh, do you want to put out a prediction on that one as well then for the the Chill and Vegas game, or do you want to do you want to leave that on for now? I don't, I don't mind doing predictions. I've got heart here. I've got heart, and I, I'll go out there. I think to be fair with the performance that I saw 
um, by the sin. If they could just, you know, tweak a few things on defense, get that perimeter sorted, I think it could it could really sort of work for them. Game's probably going to go to sin, probably around about 32 points to about 21-ish for, for Chill, something like that. It's going to be, again, over 50 points, nice big scores, but um, I think uh, Sin's going to take it and they'll, uh, they'll pass the wooden spoon over to the Chill this year. Oh, brilliant. Okay, and before um, it disappears off my screen, just to confirm, the LA Temptation Chicago Bliss is May the 9th. Atlanta Steam versus Toledo Crush is on Saturday the 10th of May. Green Bay Chill versus Las Vegas Sin is on May the 15th. And rounding up the last of the games before our next show, uh, there's a two-week break between the what is actually a Thursday night game on May the 15th between Chill and uh, and Sin. Saturday, May 31st, Toledo Crush versus Jacksonville Breeze. Wow. This, it could get ugly. If, if Crush don't, you know, if Crush aren't here to put up a fight, it could get ugly. Yeah, agreed. That one could get rather messy, rather, rather quickly. Yeah, I think while we're on the Breeze, I think if it's games to watch, really, I know it's a long time to wait, but holding out until the 16th of August and Breeze at the steam... If Steam look positive and they can go through the season with, you know, some kind of sort of gusto on offense, on defense, you know, they, they had a pretty good system running last year. I think that Breeze at Steam game, I think you're looking at the East Divisional playoff there, sort of just the conference sort of matchup. Who wants to win the East? Uh, no, I think... I think you you're not going too far wrong when you when you put up those two teams for the for the Eastern Conference there 100. percent Just before we finish off our segment talking about the games we're looking forward to, just to remind you that if you obviously want to keep up to date with all the latest LFL information, then you can check out their Facebook page www.facebook.com forward slash mylfl. You have lflus.com and lfl360.com. Spanhead Productions are a small independent sound recording company based in rural Hertfordshire. We specialise in creating content for all your podcasting needs, whether it be field recordings, fox pops, or capturing the atmosphere during social events. Editing is a very time-consuming job, so Spanhead Productions are on hand to take away some of the burden for you. Just advise us on how you'd like your content to sound, and we will do the rest. We can even help you design and manage a website for your podcast too. Visit us now, spanheadproductions.com. Weebly.com. That's spamheadproductions.weebly.com. Well, that wraps it up from myself and Marcus for another episode. But before we go, do you have any final thoughts or words of wisdom you would like to share with everyone, Marcus? Nope. None at all? <laughs> nope. None whatsoever? Well, there is one. There is one. Um, just been checking on that YouTube clip that we mentioned earlier, the WoW clip. Um, and it was, in fact, Marky Henderson, the running back for Las Vegas in. Give her her due shout out. Great heart there. And you know what? She's got it right. And I think, Sin, keep your heads up. We'll, we'll leave that with your final thought there. Don't forget. Hey, guys, if you want to get a hold of Audrey or Marcus, send them an email at ballhawksnest at gmail.com. And until next time, LFL fans, stay safe, take care. And thanks for stopping by. 